By studying sea otters, we have learned an incredible amount of information about how the nearshore ecosystem works. Sea otters are one of the most important species um, in the coastal ecosystem uh, of Western North America and the Northern Pacific. Um, they are what we refer to as a keystone species, and that means that they have an inordinately large effect um, on the dynamics of that, of that very delicate ecosystem. Sea otters also have a lot to teach us about some of the threats facing the nearshore system. Um, many of these threats um, and challenges that, that we're facing in, in areas like coastal California have to do with anthropogenic human effects on that system. Sea otters are what we refer to also as a sentinel species, and, and that simply means that they're a really excellent focal point for studying to try to understand problems that would otherwise be very um, difficult to get a grasp on, for instance, pollution in the nearshore environment. Um, the the um, diseases that originate in the, in the terrestrial environment but make their way into the ocean. Um, without sea otters, we'd have very little understanding about how these work, and sea otters are, are giving us just this unique window into those dynamics. What do we need to learn if we want to really be effective at conserving sea otters? We have learned a lot um, over the last um, 10 to 15 years. We know a lot about some of the specific causes of mortality in sea otters. Um, and unfortunately, there are a lot of things that can kill sea otters. Um, we have learned about specific diseases that kill sea otters, um, specific problems, for instance, with entanglement in fishing gear, other causes of mortality. What we don't really yet understand is how all these things work together. Ocean acidification is one of the factors that we think may have really um, profound effects on sea otters and many other marine species. Um, with climate change, we are seeing ever greater, um, ever greater acidity um, in waters, particularly in nearshore waters that, um, that are less, less buffered than the open ocean. So um, with decreasing pH, invertebrates that form shells, which is many invertebrates, clams, urchins, uh, abalone, all these species uh, rely on a certain level type of chemistry to form their shells, and as that chemistry changes with, with acidification, um, we expect to see really dramatic changes in these invertebrate communities. Sea otters are entirely dependent on all these invertebrates for food. So, uh, so that's one of the effects that, that we expect to have really um, big impacts on sea otter populations. Um, Another factor that will undoubtedly be important will be changes, really large-scale changes to ocean productivity and ocean currents. And again, this will be through, um, affect sea otters primarily through their food. As we see changes in currents and changes in upwelling patterns, again, we will see really big changes um, in the communities of invertebrates uh, that inhabit that nearshore, uh, that nearshore coastal zone. Overall, what we do see in the sea otters is, is ultimately a success story. This is a population that was almost wiped out, driven to almost extinction um, by human activities, and is still and is recovering. It's in the process of recovering, and we still have a ways to go. Um, but overall, the trend has been upwards. I think the continued recovery of sea otters is certainly dependent upon uh, effective management and conservation. But what what really makes that possible? is having an informed and educated public. So I, I believe very strongly that outreach and education are, some of the, are just as important as research in facilitating the recovery of sea otters and other species. Um, I think the work done by the Aquarium of the Pacific 
and other organizations in public outreach is, again, fundamentally important. And I, I really, I really hope to see that sort of uh, that sort of work continue.